You're listening to WERA LP Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming on demand and at WERA.FM. The program assumption is that everybody is curious. So how do you invite them to be curious? Through the practice that every question will be valued and will be answered. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host for this week, Caroline Kish, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. In sixth grade, my classmates and I were wrangled into a gym and told to repeat the words penis, vagina, and sex three times. What now seems like an absurd exercise was horrifying for an 11-year-old girl. I'd been conditioned to believe that these were dirty words that shouldn't be said in public, and now I was being forced to look another person in the eye and say, vagina. Afterwards, we were separated by gender and told to write whatever questions we had on a slip of paper and put them in a bowl to be answered. Unfortunately, many of these questions were left unanswered for whatever reason, and what could have led to an important conversation was ignored. Looking back, I am grateful for what I received, but I also know that my curiosity wasn't addressed as much as it could have been. And more often than not, children are left to fend for themselves in sexual encounters without any real knowledge of what to do or to expect. In the United States, there has long been this long-held belief that children are inherently innocent and are not interested in sex, called the romantic child myth. I found this almost humorous because I remember kids talking about sex as young as second grade. Curiosity about sex is just as natural as the act itself and needs to be talked about in a safe and accepting space. Our Whole Lives, or OWL as it's more popularly known, offers that space by providing comprehensive lifespan sexuality education curricula for use in both secular settings and faith communities. The Unitarian Universalist Church right here in Arlington uses OWL to promote healthy relationships, acceptance, and inclusivity within our community for people of all ages. I'm so excited to welcome OWL facilitator Yakomina Durant to the studio to talk about engaging curiosity around sex. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I like very much to talk about this topic. <laughs> I'm very excited. So can you just tell me a little bit about OWL and why it's different than a lot of other programs around the country? Yeah. So OWL starts indeed with the premise that it is our whole lives, that you're born a sexual being and that you die a sexual being and that it is just totally normal and natural. Mm-hmm. It's part of who you are. That's... Um, we therefore should also be educating everybody and be a, able to talk about sexuality as a normal part of our life during our whole lives. Yeah, yeah. So this curriculum is actually developed for first graders, mm-hmm. for fourth or fifth graders, for seventh and eighth graders, a whole year, in fact, whole year curriculum, once a week for one and a half to two hours, for 11th, 12th graders, mostly 11th, 12th graders, young adults, adults, Mm -hmm. and now also for older adults because older adults have other needs again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also have a great need since they didn't get so much sexuality education to be able to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So why do you think that specifically in the United States it is so uncomfortable for people to talk about sex? Um, 
because, like you said in your introduction, you felt you're learning very early on that there's something shameful about your bodies and um, and that your bodies are not to be talked about, uh, that you may, to, you may learn about your nose when you're a little kid. I have a grandchild, right? So you teach them about nose and ears. But in the Netherlands, where my daughter lives, she also teaches her little girl immediately vulva and uh, and words like penis and, and yeah. vagina and yeah. not not down there. Right, exactly. And I do, I definitely want to get into how education is different uh, in the United States versus in Europe. And a lot of Western European countries have been praised for their incredibly comprehensive and inclusive sexual education. And like you said, from the Netherlands. So I was just wondering if you could even just like touch up a little bit about what the sex education is like over there. Well, you have to realize that when I grew up in the 50s, it wasn't like that. <laughs> so, <Fair. laughs> you know, I got into this in college, actually, with the equivalent of Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. because then it was the 60s. Mm-hmm. And we had all these new morals. And a lot of people had also never learned anything about sexuality in right. the 50s. So there was this whole movement of making it also much more a, t- a topic of discussion, not just of experimentation with your body, but also of discussion. And that's where I got trained as a facilitator to do this with freshmen in college. Mm-hmm. And um, So my role here is sort of like a normal, <laughs> a normal <laughs> continuation of something that I started doing in my 20s. Because I also personally, but also saw in all my classmates and cohorts that they hadn't been taught anything except shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is done now in the Netherlands is that it's totally integrated into the normal education Mm -hmm. and that parents have already gone through that education, right? And therefore they're also much more comfortable to be open and it's, it's something that you discuss with your teenagers, with your primary school kids, it's just a normal part of life. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting because, you know, the 1960s, we saw like this this counterculture mm-hmm. revolution. And as you said, in the Netherlands, they decided to do something about that. But here in the United States, we sh- just shamed everybody and refused to talk about it. And that still, I think, carries on to, to today, unfortunately. So what do you think that the United States should adopt from these European countries and their inclusive, comprehensive sexual education, if anything? Well, if there were one fact, a scientific fact that is that would be accepted here, which I doubt, is that talking about sexuality doesn't make children, teenagers go out and be and, and behave in risky ways. <laughs> if that would be the one fact that I would like to get across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a lot of a lot of reading about that, and that was that's a big a big thing. Is that if, mm-hmm. as soon as you start talking about it, it's like oh, it's going to implant in their minds, and like the the romantic child myth is that they're not already curious about it. But oh, they're so curious. Th- they're I mean, I've clearly... taught fourth grade. I've taught to fourth and fifth grade. Yeah, and and as the 
society sexualizes children much earlier and earlier. Just look at what they sell for girls' clothes Mm -hmm. in the stores. You know, (laughs) it's this whole idea that that an eight-year-old has already a choice of clothes that are really marking her as a sexual being. Mm -hmm. And then to assume that an eight-year-old girl is not going to be curious, not want to know, not talk about it. I mean, that's such a, di- a dichotomy in, in mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah. So so do you think that in, in the Netherlands and in Europe that parents and educators and everybody, they're just more curious about children's curiosity about sex? Or do you think it's just... No, I think it's more accepting. Accepting of that curiosity? Yeah. Just more accepting as, okay, well, that's that's who they are. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. That's great. I want to go back to what you said in your introduction that you had to learn those words. Yeah. Um, and how awful that was. So if you start with the right words, it's not awful, of course, but it's one of the exercises we do in seventh grade or in eighth grade in, in our case, in eighth grade. Very first exercises we have big flip charts up and we put penis and we put vagina and we put intercourse and then we say put all the words that you know under it every single bad word that you know you put under it and then we basically normalize that we will use the official words Mm -hmm. but if you use another word you're not shamed throughout the whole year that's that's amazing (laughs) and then it becomes uh, it, it loses its power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also loses the giggles that when we start talking about penis and vagina, mm-hmm. the, the giggles are gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a big thing. I was always, mm-hmm. you know, giggling and, you know, saying anything. That's that's very interesting because our the very first thing we did was we were told, look somebody else in the eye and just say those three words. And yeah, well, then we just moved on from there. I do think it helps. I, I think it does. I just, I wish that, there would have been more discussion around it because we really just, at least in my experience, we only got the very, very basic facts of, mm-hmm. you know, this is this and this is this. We didn't we didn't talk about sexuality at all or orientation or anything like that. It was all just like girls are do this, guys do this. There's no intercrossing. And all some of the questions that you ask are not allowed to be answered because they're not appropriate. So that is one of the values of this curriculum. Because in the program values, it, there is every single question will be answered. So what we have is a shoebox mm-hmm. with a little slot cut out, mm-hmm. and usually with wrapping paper to make it a little <laughs> look a little nicer. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every single session, everybody has to hand in the cart in the box, put a cart in the box. And then every other session, the next one, we will answer the questions first. And they can be silly, they can be very serious, and they can be, and every single one is going to be answered honestly and to the power that we have of getting a good scientific or uh, emotional answer. Yeah. Very often we throw the questions back to the group mm-hmm. because um, I was looking through my questions that I happened to see in, in my curriculum here. Awesome. So, so here's a question. How do you ask someone for sex? Well, 
it doesn't help if you have older people tell you <laughs> when you're 14 how to do it. You throw it back to the group and yeah. you say, so talk with the two people sitting next to you in little groups of three. How would you do this? How would you? I, I saw another question here. What do you do when a guy you like already has a girlfriend? <laughs> but <laughs> And again, these are the type of questions yeah. about feelings, about emotions, about... Um, that they are much better able to answer among themselves. Mm -hmm. And then we bring it back to the group and we say, well, okay, your peers, mm -hmm. your, your friends here in this safe space think that the best way to ask for sex would be ABC. And then we will probably throw in ask is very good, consent, because we teach a lot of consent. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You know, that as facilitators, you add, mm -hmm. but but we discuss which questions are straight information questions and which questions are questions that you can develop familiarity among yourselves with your peers about talking about intimacy yeah. and sexuality and feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know that you have a, there are a bunch of different grade levels and ages and everything. So do you think... I mean, there obviously is, but how, what is the difference in the way that people of different ages think and talk about sex? Um, well, okay. First and, first and fifth grade, there's much more curiosity about bodies still. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a big difference when you teach eighth grades with kids that have already gone through first and fifth grades. They are not so interested in the mechanics of the body anymore. Although it's usually very good to do a session with boys and have a, and how do you think a girl's body works and also a session with girls and how do you think a boy's body works, actually. That is still a, a point of curiosity yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have taught the same curriculum also outside of our congregations. And I have found that when you deal with teenagers outside of the congregations that have not had such a strong uh, foundation of knowing about how your bodies actually work, that you often have to go back and really work on, well, but how, how are the mechanics? Mm -hmm. How does a body work? How yeah. does a body inside a female or a male look? And then what is the continuum of male to female? Uh, because we always throw in the continuums that right. nothing is a dichotomy. Um, and in eighth grade, we have them do models with balloons and pipe cleaners. And I have had people groups bake cookies <laughs> <laughs> sounds great here's cookie dough <laughs> try to build the female and the male body internally out of cookie dough <laughs> wow. and then we bake it and of course it doesn't look quite the same as <laughs> the cookie dough spreads but it's there that actually generates a lot of giggles and a lot of yeah. <laughs> So then you you have just one group. It's not gender separated by any. Sometimes we do, but we have yeah we we now know that we have to be super sensitive about assuming gender. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's one of these updates that this right. curriculum constantly you know has been 
working on saying, yeah. okay, what was appropriate in our first go around in 1999, or even before that, when it had a different name, where you just said, okay, boys this way, girls that way, is now not so appropriate. Mm-hmm. You have to be much more sensitive to yeah. how people want to express themselves. That's that's great. That's that's really great. So, why do you think that it's important to have a curious mind when we're talking about sex? So not just a curiosity of of an interest, but the facilitators as being curious about the curiosity that children have. Oh, that's a double question. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that keeps it to to facilitate these kinds of of courses for a year is one of the most fun things you can do because a I learn something new every year mm-hmm. I learn what's going on in middle school and high schools in Arlington <laughs> <laughs> and that sometimes is very surprising to us um and we are, of course, seen as ancient people, right? Mm-hmm. The best the best facilitators are actually young adults for mm-hmm. the teens because they, they're they much closer. Mm-hmm. People my age are ancient in, in the <laughs> eyes of teens. On the other hand, because we're ancient, <laughs> we and because we are really like, wow, that's a wonderful question. We'll have an answer for you next week. (laughs) I think they do learn a little bit from our attitude that even as ancient as we are, we're still very curious about what they're thinking Mm -hmm. and what they're experiencing and what's not like what's different with us. That's just something that we have to process for ourselves that we don't share with them because they don't need to know what yeah, happened in the 50s or so. <laughs> but um, I think it's it's super important that they have adults around them that, A, are very comfortable with talking about sexuality, which maybe their own parents are still not, mm-hmm. um, that they are, that are safe to them and create a safe environment, and then are enthusiastic about their curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> and sure. And respond. Yeah. And and we respond with lots of uh, humor usually because we have lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I think that's great. I think that making it fun but also, you know, informative is like the best is the best mm-hmm. way to teach in just in general in my opinion. So, one of my big questions is how does owl specifically invite curiosity about sex invite kids and and teens to be curious about sex (laughs) well okay it starts off with the value with with the assumption that everybody is curious about sex Mm -hmm. because we all have bodies Mm -hmm. and we all have feelings and we all have sometimes trouble in relationships so we are the program assumption is that everybody is curious. Mm-hmm. So then how do you invite them to be curious? Through the practice that every question will be valued and will be answered, of course. Through the fact that if they have read something, they've brought some, something happens in the news, we bring that in. So everything they, they've experienced in their daily life, 
that can be brought in and whatever might be in the curriculum just goes out of the out of the room because it's more important to talk about what they are at that moment yeah. curious about. Yeah. You know, in, in real estate, they say location, location, location. My motto for this is communication, communication, communication. I love that. <laughs> so is there anything else that we can learn about OWL or just in general this this comprehensive, inclusive sexuality that needs to be more adopted nationwide? Um, well, nationwide, I would love to see this as positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to see more personally, more action versus de- sexualization mm-hmm. of, and the exploitation. I mean, this whole Me Too movement that has come up is something that now brings to light something we talk about, which is power differential. Yeah. And we talk about that. But I think because it's now in the news, it's it's so much easier to talk about yeah. it again yeah. uh, than making it a, a lesson <laughs> of saying, well... You know, you have the right to say no to anything that doesn't feel comfortable to you, but then we role play how you do it. But but now it's all over. It's all around you. So I think you become more sensitive. So that there are power differentials that are linked to sexuality and the expression of sexuality. You were asking me what are the po- what are the things I would like to see. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see that the positive gets emphasized. I'd like to see that... The power differentials and the bad things that happen when there are power differentials are in the open, as they are right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then I would personally really like that policies change. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal. Right. That's the goal. <laughs> personally, I think out of this becoming very aware, you can also become a very active person in uh, in political and policy levels. Mm-hmm. In a different context, Arlington County has a, a task force called uh, Project Peace. Mm-hmm. And for Project Peace, the goal one task force is around prevention of abusive relationships among teens. And so there, the programs in the Arlington high schools and middle schools are now gradually mm-hmm depending on which teacher and which principal and mm. <laughs> gradually yeah. willing to to include a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. So every week we do a analogy jar about curiosity. So if you're willing, mm-hmm. there's you can pick a piece of paper and relate it to curiosity. And then I'll do one as well and then one for the audience. Do you want me to go first? That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I got a Frisbee. Mm -hmm. So how is curiosity like a Frisbee? I think curiosity is like a Frisbee because you have to throw it towards something. Got to throw your curiosity and you just got to throw it out there and hopefully someone will throw it back to you and you can continue a game of curiosity and frisbee okay so mine is a step stool it makes me laugh so much because i was um 
listening to my daughter tell about how they couldn't let their little kids, who's now climbing, any longer uh, unsupervised because mm. she climbs on everything. <laughs> so it was like, yes, she climbs not just on the step stool, but on the bed, on the table, on the windowsill. <laughs> Just up and up. Up and up. I get to see what's happening. She's got to. She's got to. Step still. Think about that too. Step up to curiosity. All right. And then for the audience, puddles. How is curiosity like puddles? Uh, Well, I really appreciate you coming in to talk to me about uh, sex ed and curiosity. And I really love the books that you brought in. It's amazing, and I love the questions and everything that you have. Well, I really enjoy talking about this. I um, I think you would make a great facilitator. Oh, well, thank you. And we could train you, right? You can't be a facilitator without a three-day training. So, well, of course not. <laughs> of course not. That'd be wonderful. That'd be wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to WERA ninety-six point seven FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here at Radio Arlington, check us out online or on demand at WERA.FN, where, by the way, you can also make a donation to support the work of WERA's parent organization, Arlington Independent Media. And thank you to those who have already done so. You can catch all our previous shows on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious and on our website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. And don't forget to send us your puddle analogies. Many thanks to my guest, Yakomina. Our theme music is by Sean Balick, and I hope you'll join us next time. Until then, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter.